0: The sermon preached at St. John's Evangelical Lutheran Church, Hancock, Minnesota, on May 2, 2010. Please stand. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The word from God through which the Holy Spirit speaks to our hearts today is the first lesson, First Samuel, chapter 20, verses 12 through 17. Jonathan said to David, By the Lord, the God of Israel, I will search out my father in three days' time as to whether he intends good for David. If not, then I will send to you and tell you. May the Lord deal harshly with Jonathan. And even worse, if my father wants to harm you and I do not tell you and send you away so that you go in safety. May the Lord be with you, as he used to be with my father. As long as I yet live, show me the Lord's loving kindness, so that I don't die, and do not ever cut off your loving kindness from my house, not even when the Lord cuts off every one of David's enemies from the face of the earth. Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David that the Lord punish David's enemies. And Jonathan again had David swear by his love to him because he loved him as he loved himself. This is the word of our Lord. Dear friends in Christ, fellow saints, wash clean in the blood of our risen Savior. Maybe you can't see it from where you're sitting, but I have a a thread here, a single strand of thread. Just a slight tug, and it's easily broken. But you take two strands, two threads, and twist them together. Then it's not so easy to pull them apart. They stick together. Ecclesiastes 4 says, Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. What a picture of friendship. Friendship can take many different forms, from the casual acquaintance to the bosom buddy. It can take the form of of that person whom you see just about every day to that long-distance friend whom you might only get together with once a year, if even that. What kind of friendships Have you had? Our friendships, our best friend might be your, your husband or your wife, your brother or your sister, a schoolmate that you're going to school with now or went to years ago, or it could be a partner at work. Today, we want to learn about friendship as we observe the friendship of Jonathan and David. Let's see what we can learn from that friendship as we see their friendship excelling in love. First of all, let's familiarize ourselves with these two people again. First of all, Jonathan. Jonathan was the eldest son of Saul, the king of Israel, the first king. And as the eldest son, had, to outward appearances, looked like he would be next in line for the throne. As an able warrior, Jonathan defended the kingdom of his father Saul. For example, during this time, the Philistines were harassing the Israelites and raiding their territory. And to make matters worse, the Philistines had a monopoly on blacksmithing. The Israelites had to pay the Philistines to get their farming equipment sharpened. And in the same way, the Philistines made sure there weren't any sharp swords or spears among the Israelites this way. In fact, only King Saul and his son Jonathan had such kinds of weapons. And yet Jonathan, Jonathan knew that the Lord could rescue, even, even with small numbers, even though their numbers were small. He with just his armor bearer by his side, trusted a sign from the Lord and so attacked a Philistine outpost. And the two of them killed 20 Philistines. And that caused a panic among the others, a, a, a panic sent by the Lord so that all King Saul and the other Israelites had to do was follow after in victory. And there you get an idea of who this Jonathan was. Now the Philistines eventually regrouped, and this time they brought a giant along with them, Goliath. And you well know how the Lord gave David that victory over Goliath. Yes, David was young, too young to be a regular soldier, and he had only his sling and uh, some stones, Yet he trusted the Lord as he faced that giant. And going up against Goliath with only his shepherd's sling, he says to Goliath as he approaches, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, whose armies you have defied. This day the Lord will hand you over to me and I'll strike you down and cut off your head for the battle is the Lord's. And with a single stone from David's sling, the giant fell and David put an end to Goliath with Goliath's own sword. That day, Jonathan and David became one in spirit and King Saul brought David into his service. Yes, David became an able leader of Saul's campaigns because the Lord gave David success after success. In fact, the people began to sing, Saul has slain his thousands and David his tens of thousands. But King Saul became jealous and fearful. In fact, on one occasion while David was playing his harp for Saul, he the king hurled his javelin trying to pin David against the wall. For you see, Saul knew that the Lord had said that he, he was taking the kingdom away from him because of his disobedience and giving it to another, and it was beginning to look like David might be this other. And so Saul thought he'd put an end to David's life. But Jonathan, Jonathan speaks up for David. And just think of this. Jonathan realizes that he is next in line for the kingship. But if David lives and David becomes king, then that means he, Jonathan, can't be. Yet that doesn't stop Jonathan from speaking up and defending David uh, before his father Saul. And so even though Saul is intent on killing David, Jonathan says to Saul, says to his father, David took his life in his own hands when he killed the Philistine. The Lord won a great victory for all Israel and you saw it and were glad. Why then would you do wrong to an innocent man like David by killing him for no reason? And at this time, Saul takes an oath and promises, as surely as the Lord lives, David will not be put to death. But Saul doesn't keep his word. A while later, he plots another way to put an end to David's life. But this time, he keeps it secret from Jonathan. David, again, goes into hiding. And Jonathan goes out to meet him. But Jonathan doesn't think his father is wanting to kill David. Jonathan thinks that his father confides everything in him, whether great or small. And and so, you know, Jonathan doesn't at first think that David's life is in danger. And and that brings us to, to where our text here began today. Jonathan, even though he doesn't think his father is after David at this time, yet Jonathan promises to sound out his father, to find out for sure what his father's intentions towards David are. And notice how he backs up this promise with an oath. By the Lord, the God of Israel, he promises to sound out his father. And a little while later, you heard him take another oath here. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if I do not let you know and send you away safely. Now, as, as we hear Jonathan taking these oaths, don't think that He's doing this because, you know, he's been in the habit of lying to David and so now he has to swear by God in order to get David to believe him this time. No, it's not that at all. These are trusted friends. And that kind of swearing would be sinful. And it's not like a little child saying, cross my heart and hope to die. That too would be a sinful oath. This is a most serious matter. A matter of life and death. And Jonathan wants to do all he can to assure David that he will follow through. For you just think of it, David knows too that if he's out of the way, Jonathan is, next, is in line for the throne. And so Jonathan wants to remove all doubt from David's mind. He wants to bring David that comfort and assurance that he will do all he can for his dear friend. And so he takes this oath to bring David that extra comfort and assurance. Their friendship excelled in love. And what is more, as you look at the way Jonathan deals with David here, in his love for David, he also reminds David of the Lord's promises. And he does it in this way. He has David renew his oath. To deal kindly with the family of of, with Jonathan and his family. For you see, Jonathan is convinced that the Lord will keep his promise and make David king over Israel. And so uh, Jonathan wants David to remember this, and so he has David take an oath that he will do well to Jonathan and the others. He says to him, But show me. Jonathan says, show me unfailing kindness like that of the Lord as long as I live so that I may not be killed and do not ever cut off your kindness from my family, not even when the Lord has cut off every one of David's enemies from the face of the earth. For You see, it's the Lord's loving kindness that led Jonathan and David's friendship to excel in love. And Jonathan did indeed follow through, even though it was at great risk for him. He sounded out his father, King Saul, and and when, when King Saul realized that Jonathan was siding with David, he became so angry that he called his son, he called Jonathan a son of a perverse and rebellious woman and hurled his javelin at Jonathan. And Jonathan did keep his promise and went back and sent David away safely. But before we go on with the story here, with this account of David and and Jonathan, let's reflect on what we've learned about the characteristic of friendship. And to help us do this, there's a a chart here. And this is for you, to to give me some feedback here. We've seen that this friendship, and we've heard about it, and let's look a little deeper now that, at, at what the characteristics, the traits of it are. Um, we, of course, see that these are people, too, people that have shared interests and common experience as comrades in arms, but let's look deeper that and ask what characteristics, what, what traits made this friendship excelling in love? So this is for you to think about and speak up. Trust. There, that's that's a key word there. Trust. They trusted each other. Trust. Other words that could describe that friendship. Honesty. Honesty. They did not lie to each other. That goes hand in hand with trust. Honesty and trust. Sacrifice. Okay, there was sacrifice there. Jonathan was willing to give up the throne to be a faithful friend. Uh, We'll actually call it self-sacrifice. Anything else come to mind? They they helped each other. And um, we'll put that down here. Um, Helped. And, And maybe we can go into some uh, someone else said respect and we'll put that up here too as i write this think about how, how did they help each other how did jonathan help david he defended him yeah not not with a sword but with what his word yeah I think that's, the, that's a key aspect. Love, Friendship and love isn't just attitudes or, or, uh, of self-sacrifice and trust. It also shows itself in words. Words that, that defend, speak well of those of our friends, even when they're not present, uh, defends them. Uh, with his words, he helped. Uh, Jonathan helped David. Um, how about, anyone can get a little bit more details there. How did Jonathan's words help David besides defending him before uh, Saul? What else did Jonathan's words do to help David? Sent him away. Okay, sent him away, but not as, I'm read of you. Sent him away with, with encouragement, with comfort. That's what words of friends are to do. Encourage, comfort. And, and what did Jonathan's words remind David of? Okay, okay. I think we got two thoughts there. Responsibility. you put that up here. And then, then Jonathan's words reminded David of the Lord's words. Of, of the Lord's promise to to defeat his enemies and raise him up to the kingship. And that's what also the words of friends are to do, to point us to God's promises. So those are some of the key points we we learn about, friendship, excelling in love, when we we look at David and and the others with him there. And keep those in mind as we go on here, because as wonderful as, as friendship is, As wonderful as David and Jonathan's friendship was, it was still an earthly friendship that wasn't perfect. Earthly friendships fall short in in, in one way or another. No matter how good they may be at one time, earthly friendships are limited. And maybe you've experienced a a friend that's betrayed you, or maybe it's simply a friendship that has grown distant over the years, faded away into the background, or maybe at times it, it feels that there's no one really that's your friend, that, that that you're sort of isolated and alone. Earthly friendships fall short. And, and when we feel that way, it, it's easy for us to, to see how others have failed in, in being, excelling uh, in love in their friendship, that they failed to sacrifice or they've been dishonest. And it's easy to fall into a self-pity there as well. But it's also good for us to examine our own hearts and for each of us to ask ourselves, how have I failed to be a friend to others, whether I like them or not? How often have I been selfish instead of self-sacrificing? How often haven't I let my unfounded suspicions destroy trust or been untrustworthy myself. How often have my words torn someone down instead of encourage and build them up? When have I remained silent instead of defending someone who wasn't there to defend the, their good name? How often have I failed to use my words to point others and myself to God's promises? Earthly friendships fail in one way or another. And David, David knew this as well. Even that that friendship with with Jonathan, even though they remained close friends, yet that, that, that friendship had its weaknesses, you might say, as well. Jonathan sends David away. And David goes into hiding. He runs from place to place as Saul tries to hide him down. And as far as we know, there is only one time during this period that Jonathan is able to visit with David. There we see sort of the limits of earthly friendships, don't we? This one time that Jonathan visits with David, he, he goes to help David find strength in the Lord. He says to David, "My father, Don't be afraid. My father Saul will not lay a hand on you. You will be king over Israel, and I will be second to you. You see how he again reminds David of the Lord's promise? And the Lord did indeed keep that promise and eventually lifted David up to the kingship, but it didn't work out quite the way these friends had planned. But you see, before David becomes king, in fact, the next time we hear of Jonathan... He's killed at Mount Gilboa. He's killed there along with his father Saul and two of his brothers as they fight the Philistines. And David's heart is broken. He has a song of lament that the scriptures record here. When he hears of Jonathan's death at Gilboa, he says, Your glory, O Israel, lies slain on your heights. How the mighty have fallen, Saul and Jonathan, in life they were loved and gracious, and in death they were not parted. How the mighty have fallen. Earthly friendships fall short, even those that excel in love. And David also knew the tragedy of betrayal from a friend. This was after he had been king for several years. His trusted advisor, Ahithophel, betrayed him. He, Ahithophel, conspired with David's son Absalom so that David and those few that remained loyal to him had to flee from Jerusalem as Absalom and his forces came to the city. And on occasion later in life, after the Lord had brought David back to Jerusalem as king, David again experienced the betrayal from his commander-in-chief, Joab. David intended to make Solomon, his son, the next king, but Joab conspired with David's others, another of David's sons, Adonijah. David knew what it meant to suffer betrayal from a friend. In Psalm 41, he writes, Even my close friend whom I trusted, he who shared my bread has lifted up his heel against me. And Jesus himself quotes the last part of that verse, referring to the friend that betrayed him. Earthly friendships fail, but take heart. There is a friend who sticks closer than a brother, Proverbs 18 tells us. This friend excels in love Beyond all other love, love divine, all, are, all love excelling. We sang in the hymn a little while ago. This friend is Jesus, your God and Savior. He gave himself up on the cross in your place. See from his head, his hands, his feet, sorrow and love so mingled down. On that same night that he was betrayed, a little while after he spoke those words you heard in the gospel today, he said this, greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends. If you do what I command, you, dear friend, that's you. Jesus laid down his life for you, that self-sacrificing love for you. Trust him, rely on him, lean on him, for this friend will not fail you. Every word he has spoken. Every promise he has made, he has kept and will continue to keep for you. Not even death could stop his friendship. Not even death could keep him from holding to his word. For he rose from the dead. The rolled away stone, the empty tomb, the risen Jesus, that's the exclamation mark behind his words of promise. For you see, no matter how many promises God has made, they are all yes in Christ, the Apostle Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 1. So lean on him. Trust him. Rely on him. This friend will not lie to you or betray you. This friend will not fail you or fall short in any way at all. For you see, the risen Jesus, the living Jesus, is with you always. He will never leave you or forsake you. What a friend we have in Jesus. And even more than that, dear friends, even more than that, as your living and risen Savior, He speaks up for you. Just as Jonathan defended David before his father, King Saul, so also Jesus speaks up for you before his heavenly Father. Yes, He speaks up for you and me, Even though, unlike David, we are not innocent, are we? David was innocent of harming Saul, but you and I are not innocent of of sinning sinning against God. We are guilty. We deserved damnation. Jesus speaks up for you and for me. He speaks in our defense and says to his father, See the wounds I have suffered for these, my people. I have paid for their sins. I freely give them my righteousness. Count my record as theirs. Judge them as you would judge me. The scriptures say, if anyone does sin, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense. Jesus Christ, the righteous one. What a friend. And his words are not only there to defend us before His Heavenly Father. But He also speaks His words to you and to me to help and encourage and comfort us. For you see, His words are the promises of God. He speaks to you and me through the Gospel, through that good news. This book, the Bible, is His love letter to you and to me. Cherish it for what it is. And in his Holy Supper, he speaks the testimony of his love for you. Yes, that supper is his last will and testament, his solemn oath and promise that he brings you the forgiveness of sins. You are forgiven. You are reconciled to God through the blood of Jesus Christ. You are no longer God's enemy. No. Rather, through faith in Jesus, you are God's friend. And He is your friend. The friend who excels in love beyond all other love. Amen. Please stand. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.